0: hello everyone and welcome back to the crazy beautiful life podcast i'm Bee, the host of the crazy beautiful life and this podcast is all about lifestyle fitness motivation inspiration and organization and so much so much more my life is crazy hectic and beautiful and i'm glad that you're here welcome along Happy Monday. I cannot believe we are already into chapter three of 2020. It's going by so fast and I honestly I honestly just wish it would slow down because as I talked about in my last episode, I have a lot going on right now. I have a lot of deadlines approaching and we are just one month closer to everything coming to an end um with me and my undergraduate degree, which is completely crazy. Um so as I like to do at the end of each month, I like to reflect on the previous month. So I did this last month, I reflected on January, and now I'm going to to reflect on January. There are four questions in this reflection. And I strongly encourage you guys to do them. So, question number one is What is one thing you accomplished this month? Number two, What was the best day of the month? Number three, Did I accomplish any of my resolutions this month? And number four, What can I improve on next month? So, number one, What is one thing you accomplished this month? This month, I accomplished um, finishing. My first aid and CPR, and my IPEs that I need to graduate. And I also went through my closet and got rid of a lot of stuff um, that I don't wear, that doesn't fit me, that I don't need, um, and just started like purging and moving towards a more minimalist lifestyle, which is kind of exciting because that's something that I wanted to accomplish this year. Number two is what was the best day of the month, and I'm sure you guys can guess. Uh, My favorite day this month was by far um, going and having a girls' night with my sister and some of our friends, and it was just the four of us. It was the best night ever. We did tarot cards. We drank wine, had a cheese board, had a fruit board. We had all the food, Um, and it was just really, really nice. It was such a good night and easily the best day of the month. Number three is, did I accomplish any of my New Year's resolutions this month? And yes, I did. I accomplished doing yoga once per week, um, which is something that I was really hoping to do this year I really wanted to focus on yoga and mobility so this month I definitely did yoga once a week whether it was at gold ring doing one of the drop-in classes with my roommates or doing it in my living room here in Toronto or doing it in my living room at home um, so yeah I definitely accomplished that this month and I'm hoping that now it's sort of going to become a habit and every week I just do yoga because I feel good when I do it um, and I'm already noticing a huge difference in my mobility especially in my hamstrings. Strings. I've noticed that my forward fold has gotten a lot better and my hamstrings are just feeling a lot more relaxed a wee bit less tight still need to work on the hip flexors my quads are super tight I think I've been so focused on hamstrings that I've sort of forgotten about quads um, but I am noticing a big difference in my mobility so that's kind of cool because that was one of my big new year's resolution and I'm excited about it. I'm also documenting my like yoga transformation on my Instagram stories and Instagram highlights called Yoga. And I just take the odd time lapse here and there, the odd picture here and there, just so at the end of 2020, I can see 52 weeks of yoga and sort of see how far I've come in terms of flexibility, mobility. And just overall experience, I think it's going to be really cool to reflect back on and just sort of see like, oh, this week I did yoga with this person. This week I did yoga with my sister. This week I did yoga with my roommates and just sort of track like that progress and that experience because I think it's going to be really cool to look back on. Number four is what can I improve on next month? And next month I can definitely improve, improve on my reading. One of my New Year's resolutions was that I wanted to read one book every two months um, and then possibly increase that during the summertime when I have more time to read. Um, but my two months is up and I haven't read a book yet. I'm still reading Sacred Powers. I usually read it on Thursdays when I'm on the subway on my way to placement. Um, and I probably would be or Fridays when I'm on my way to placement actually I probably would be done it by now if I actually remembered it um, because I do have an hour and a half trek to and from placement Um, but I sometimes I forget my book and it sucks so I'm really going to focus on trying to get that book done and then start a new one and have that new one done before the first of April or no the first of May because it's every two months. See, I really want to focus on reading one book every two months. And I also really want to shift my focus towards taking my vitamins. This is something that I wanted to focus on for February, but February honestly just got away from me and I didn't manage to do that. So I really do want to focus on taking my vitamins this month. It was one of my New Year's resolutions. And I also want to focus on eating out only once per week. I'm pretty good about not eating out that much, but I do find myself eating out more than I'm realizing, whether it's be picking up something randomly when i'm on my way to work or when i'm on my way to placement or whatever it may be um i think i'm averaging eating out twice ish per week maybe three times no definitely not three times definitely twice but i really would like to cut that down to once uh per week because it's expensive to eat out in toronto unless you like go somewhere cheap um yeah, I want to really focus on that for the month of March is reading, taking my vitamins, and eating out less as you guys know, I am actively trying to lose weight. I talked about how one of my New Year's resolutions was that I wanted to lose 10 pounds and I actually in the last two full months have not lost a single pound. Um, I haven't weighed myself yet today, so maybe things will be different. Um, but yeah, I haven't lost any weight and I've been trying really, really hard and I'm honestly just starting to get pretty discouraged. Um, So that's just sort of where I'm at. And because of that, um, my roommates and I have started the Blogilates 100 Ab Challenge. And if you guys, like, remember me when I was obsessed with Blogilates in like grade 9, 10, and I think 11. Um, Can you please send me a text message and be like, I remember when you were obsessed with Blogilates because I feel like people just knew. Like people knew I was obsessed with Blogilates. It was my favorite. It was like the whole reason that I got into health and fitness. I love Cassie Ho. I love her workouts. I love um, just how authentic she is and how genuine she is. And I just love Blogilates. So I thought, what better way to get re-inspired than do something that I used to love so much, and I used to love Blogilates and Cassie Ho's fitness challenges. So my room, my roommate and I, um, all my roommates and I, have started the Blogilates 100 AB Challenge. If you want to join us, please do, and send me a message on Instagram or send me a message on the Crazy Beautiful Life Facebook group. And we can chat about doing the 100 Ab Challenge and keeping each other accountable. And I think it's going to be really cool. My roommate and I actually took um, before and after photos not to monitor weight loss or monitor fat loss, but to monitor health. Um, I know that health does not equal appearance. They are just not related at all. But I personally am looking for a change in my anterior pelvic tilt and my posture. So one of the reasons why um, my pelvis tip like tilts down so much is because my core is not strong enough so if I can strengthen my core a wee bit it will pull my pelvis back up into normal alignment and I won't have such an exaggerated curvature in my lower spine I'm not sure if any of this is making sense without a visual but maybe I'll post something in the Facebook group about it. If you guys want to actually know like what's going on. So I'm hoping that at the end of the 100 ab challenge, um, I can get that sort of tilt back underneath. I can strengthen my core and inevitably improve my posture. So yeah, I am really excited to do the Blogilates 100 Ab Challenge. Basically what it is, is it's a 31-day challenge, but each day has a different um, ab exercise and you do 100 repetitions of it. It's all available on the Blogilates YouTube page in the 100 Ab um playlist and it's also on Cassie Ho's Blogilates Instagram you can screenshot the calendar to check it off Uh, my roommate actually like made this giant whiteboard so that each day we can cross off when we do each 100 ab and um, also if we like miss a day we're just going to double up on the next it might take us longer than 31 days Um, it might take us 31 days exactly but we are really trying to just get after it with the 100 ab challenge and just sort of re-inspire ourselves in terms of health and fitness Today in the health and fitness world, I feel like there is so much noise regarding what we should and shouldn't do, what diet we should be following, what foods we should be eating together, how much should we be eating, what should we be eating, should we be vegan, should we be vegetarian, should we be doing keto, intermittent fasting, food combining, paleo, whole 30, low carb. There are so many diets and eating patterns that we are just bombarded with. So how are we supposed to know which one that we should be following, which one is healthful and which one may be harmful? All of those eating patterns and sort of fad diets that I just mentioned all have one thing in common and that is calorie restriction. So today I am hopefully going to debunk some of the myths about weight loss and nutrition and inform you guys about what we actually should be eating, how much should we be eating, what we should be exercising, how should we be exercising, and just a little bit about basic physiology that I think we all need to be aware of. So I'm going to cover our BMR. I'm going to talk about my issue with fitness trackers. I'm going to talk about calories in versus calories out, how we should exercise, and also what should we be eating. So let's get into this episode. So number one, BMR. BMR refers to your body's basal metabolic rate and this is the minimum amount of calories that your body requires to perform basic life functionings like breathing, moving, digestion, uh, cellular repair, cellular respiration and growth. It's literally the basic minimum amount of calories that you need to survive and not and not be like in a deficit um, and go into like using your energy stores and stuff like that so calculating our basal metabolic rate there's all these things that you can do online that sort of tell you that you know a woman's BMR is between x amount and x amount and your BMR is like 2,000 calories or your BMR is 2,500 calories I'm not going to tell you what your BMR is and that is because calculating BMR is a very, very challenging process and all of the calculations that we do and the ways that we think we are calculating our BMR effectively are extremely inaccurate and we should really be taking them with a grain of salt. That is because there's only one way to determine BMR or um, our calorie expenditure um, and that is through direct calorimetry. So direct calorimetry measures the body's heat production and then it puts that into an equation which determines how many cells or how many cells how many calories that you are actually burning. So direct calorimetry can help us determine how many calories someone is burning during a treadmill test during a bike test. Um, it can help determine how many calories they're burning if they are just at rest um, and how much heat they're producing. It is a very 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 accurate measurement of how many calories that your body is actually burning the second way that we can sort of calculate BMR is indirect calorimetry which uses gas exchange which involves you wearing a face mask it measures oxygen and co2 um, consumption and respiration and it punches those amounts into an equation to determine how many calories that you are burning then after direct calorimetry and indirect calorimetry, we have estimates, and these are the estimates that we get from online calculators. This is probably the estimate you get from apps like MyFitnessPal or your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or things like that. The estimates can be very useful, and they can be a very good ballpark measure for how many calories you you are burning based on your height, your weight, your age, your activity level, things like that. Um, But they are not an accurate measure of BMR. So I think that we need to take these measures that we're getting from our fitness trackers and from these online calculators with a grain of salt and just know that they are not exact measurements. They are just an estimate. They are sort of a building block, if you will, to sort of go off of of a very ballpark estimate of how much you're burning and how much um, you should be consuming. So because we know that these fitness trackers and these calculations and stuff online are not accurate, I want to talk about my issue with the fitness trackers. I do not have a fitness tracker. I have been looking into getting a Fitbit um, because I like some of the features on it. I like being at the gym and having the stopwatch on my wrist. And I like that it like vibrates because I like to do a lot of circuit training. I would like to have a fitness tracker for running. I would like to have a fitness tracker to monitor sleep patterns or heart rate. Um, But I think that we need to remember that a watch can only measure so much. It's only using a few specific measurements to tell you how many calories you're burning. So when you get off the treadmill when you're at the gym and it says, oh, you burned 500 calories on your Apple Watch, I just sort of want you guys to remember that that is a very, very, very ballpark estimate based off of a few different measures that they have found A link with determining our caloric expenditure so they are not accurate at all and i think a lot of people get fixated on their fitness trackers and on the amount of calories that it thinks that they are burning and they lose a lot of connection with their actual body so i i feel like i'm not sure if you guys will sort of understand where i'm coming from with this When we're focusing on a number on a watch, we're sort of ignoring the internal cues that our body is telling us about the physical activity that we did. So if I get off the treadmill and look at my Apple Watch and it tells me that I burned 500 calories, I mean, that's great. But what if I got off the treadmill and focused on how my body felt? How does my mind feel? Do I feel the runner's high? Do I feel like I'm having. Some uh, um, clarification in my mind. Um, If I'm getting off the treadmill, focusing on my breathing, am I huffing and puffing? Am I exhausted? Am I sweating a lot? Are there different areas of my body that are a wee bit sore? Are my calves tight? Are Am I feeling like I was exercising at a really high intensity? What's my RPE, my rate of perceived exertion out of 10? Is it a 4 but my Apple Watch is telling me that I burned, you know, 500 calories or is it a 9? Is it a 10 and I feel like I have just burned through everything that I ate that day? I think that we can sort of lose a wee bit of connection with our bodies when we're constantly focused on the numbers in our fitness tracker. So try and focus a wee bit more on how you feel. That's sort of my opinion with fitness trackers. Now, the research has shown that fitness trackers can be beneficial in improving exercise adherence and improving exercise motivation, and I totally get that. I would love to get a Fitbit right now just because I know it's like a cool new gadget that I can sort of use in my circuits and stuff to help get me um, re-inspired, help keep me motivated. A lot of people find seeing those calories... um, on their watch is very very motivating for them or getting i think the apple watch is the one that does like circles so you have like a steps circle activity circle i'm not sure obviously i don't have one of those but seeing those um circles become complete can be very very motivating for people and i do understand the benefits of having a fitness tracker in that case i also understand the benefits of having a fitness tracker for someone that does have some sort of medical condition that they need to monitor their heart rate um For example, if you have hyperthyroidism, if you have hypothyroidism, if you have post-concussive syndrome, um, different sort of cardiac abnormalities, it's really important to have a fitness tracker to measure your heart rate for those. Some people like to use the fitness tracker to measure their heart rate to make sure that they are getting in the targeted heart rate zone for fat fat metabolism or different forms of metabolism so I can understand that as well but do I think that we should be so fixated on the amount of calories that our fitness trackers are telling us that we're burning no I think we should be focused more on how our exercise makes us feel how we feel throughout the day um, and less on a very very ballpark estimate number on our watch okay moving on next up we are going to talk about calories in versus calories out So when our calories in, the calories that we are ingesting via food, is equal to the amount of calories that we are outputting based on our basal metabolic rate, we are in maintenance. So if the amount of calories, say my, my BMR, my basic metabolic rate, was 2,000 kilocalories um, and I ingested 2,000 kil- kilocalories. So my calories in is 2,000 kilocal- kilocalories. My calories out is 2,000 kilocal- kilocalories. <laughs> um, then I am in maintenance. They are equal. If my calories in is greater than my calories out, I'm going to gain weight if my calories in is less than my calories out, I'm going to experience weight loss. And it's as simple as that. And I know a lot of people like to try and make it a lot more complex and you need to eat this food with that food and you need to have only fruit in the morning and you shouldn't have fruit afternoon and all this crazy shit. It's not like that, you guys. It is a very, very basic principle of if you want to lose weight, the calories that you are ingesting Need to be less than the calories that you are outputting. Okay? It's a very simple concept. And because it's such a simple concept, that's why I think people are so resistant to it. I have been resistant to it, which is why I think I haven't experienced any fat loss in these last two months of me trying really freaking hard to lose some goddamn fat off my body. I have just been in this weird funk of. Oh I'm I'm exercising so much and I'm eating so healthy but am I yes I might be eating healthy but maybe I'm eating too much maybe I'm eating too little and my body's going into survival mode and holding on to everything you know it's when we have such a basic concept of of weight loss and of fat loss or of maintenance or of weight gain a lot of companies like to try and capitalize on our ignorance with the simplicity and make that a product to make money off of it so sorry to all of the massive brands that are capitalizing on the fact that people don't understand that it is just a simple calories in versus calories out and making us believe that we need all these different supplements and and fat burners and all this crazy shit to help us lose weight. That is just not the case. We don't need these fancy eating programs of keto. If that works for you and you love eating keto and that's what makes you feel best about yourself and best about your health, then that's totally fine. If you love intermittent fasting, that's totally fine. Uh, But when people market these sort of big, huge programs, um, And I'm sure there's one that you're thinking of, a whole bunch of moms do it. There are these really, really big programs out there that are just capitalizing on the idea that people don't understand the calories in versus calories out process. And that's as simple as it is. But, you know, how much, like how... How much calories in versus calories out should you be focusing on? Well, it depends on your goals. Like I said, are you looking for maintenance, weight gain, or weight loss? I personally am looking for weight loss. And the research shows that a calorie restriction of 200 kilocalories is best for weight loss. Anything shorter than 200 kilocalories, you won't really see much of a difference. And that is because Our BMR is such a ballpark estimate and our calorie expenditure is such a ballpark estimate as well. And also 200 kilocalories is best because if we go outside of that, say we're restricting 300 kilocalories a day, if we're restricting 400 kilocalories a day, then our body tends to go into starvation mode because that is just too much and it's like, what the hell is happening here? So your body can go one of two ways, it can hold on to all of its fat, um, Because it feels like it's going to need it at some point because it's going into survival. Or you're going to go through a process of hunger and starvation followed by a huge desire to eat. You're going to binge eat like crazy. Then you might have some sort of purging episode whether that be overactivity, laxatives, diuretics, whatever it may be. Then you go into feeling guilty and shameful and then you go right back into Wanting to lose weight again, so you get into this really vicious cycle if you are restricting greater than two thousand, two thousand, greater than two hundred kilocalories a day. So we have found that that has been the most beneficial, and the way that you sort of get that uh, 200 kilocalorie restriction per day is up to you i would recommend if you're trying to lose weight start with focusing on just dietary intake of 2000, 2000 of 200 kilocalories less per day um so using <coughs> oh whoops i just kicked my desk sorry if that scared you um if that oh my gosh i just completely kind of lost my train of thought I would focus on trying to get 200 kilocalories less per day from nutrition alone instead of exercise alone and then once you have mastered um, getting 200 kilocalories less per day just from nutrition then you can focus on putting in more energy taxing and more high intensity exercises that are going to burn more kilocalories per day. So once you have mastered getting 200 kilocalories less per day via nutrition alone, then you want to move into burning more kilocalories via energy expenditure, exercise, things like that. So how can you improve or increase the amount of calories that you are burning in a day in very simple ways? There are very, very easy ways that you can increase the amount of calories that you're using a day without really noticing it. So I would always recommend... Taking the stairs when you get off the subway, uh, avoiding the escalator. I am notorious. I love taking the escalator. I love taking the elevator. Um, But during this time that I'm really trying to lose weight, I'm going to focus on taking the stairs, avoiding the elevator, and also walking. Walking is really great. Go for walks when you are listening to your podcast, go for a walk when you are drinking your morning coffee use active transportation to get to work, to get to school, to get to a friend's house. If you're going to the mall, walk to the mall, walk around the mall, um, try not to take an Uber, you know, really active transport. Um, Don't underestimate the power of that. I also really am a huge believer in active hangouts. This is a wee bit more challenging in the winter in Canada because freezing freezing is cold. It's freezing outside. Um, But I am a huge winter person and I love going for walks in the winter. Um, So I would always encourage an active hangout. If you're going to hang out with a friend, ask your friend if they want to go for a walk. Ask your friend if they want to do something active. If they want to go to a yoga class. If they want to go to a spin class a boxing class just sort of active hangouts so that you can increase your caloric expenditure while also hanging out with a friend or seeing someone that maybe you haven't seen in a wee while i'm also a huge believer in starting your day with movement i told you guys that i read the 5 a.m club last year and i really love that book and he believes in 20 minutes of physical activity first thing in the morning I love physical activity in the morning. I love starting my day with movement and physical activity, Um, whether that be a simple stretch right next to my bed for a quick 20 minutes, whether it be going for a walk, whether it be going to the gym first thing in the morning or going for a jog. I love starting my day with a wee bit of movement and that just sort of inspires me and gets the ball rolling for the rest of my day to be active. Now, I'm not someone who's going to sit here and tell you, that in order to get the calories in versus calories out down pat, you need to start counting your calories I know there's a lot of people and a huge 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 body of research that has shown that calorie counting can be really detrimental to health um, but in my personal experience I have enjoyed calorie counting and it has given me a really good insight as to how much I am actually consuming if you are someone who has OCD tendencies if you are someone who has experienced disordered eating in the past or is currently experiencing It. If you're someone who has an eating disorder or has had an eating disorder, I would not recommend counting calories because I do know that it's very easy to get sort of fixated on the numbers and things like that. And like I mentioned before, um, why focus on these ambiguous numbers when we can really focus on how we are truly feeling? Um, But for me, I have enjoyed calorie counting because it really helps like bring to my attention how much I'm actually consuming I think because we are so out of touch with so much lately with our bodies with the foods that we're eating what's in the foods that we're eating the portions that we're eating what is an actual portion of rice and what is an over portion of rice what is an actual portion of meat and what is an over portion I think because we're so out of touch with all of those things these days it's very easy to overeat significantly so I found calorie counting really beneficial for bringing to my attention the amount of calories that are in a freaking lemon loaf from Starbucks that I thought was like oh lemon loaf this isn't bad for me when realizing there's a freaking ass load of calories in that that I I don't need um, so I think it's really beneficial to have a ballpark of how many calories you're consuming in a day how many calories are in some of the foods that we are consuming in the foods that we are eating um, and just sort of bringing them to your awareness and to your attention and knowing and recognizing that yes they are ballpark estimates um, but I do think it's a it's a good practice and maybe even just doing it for one day a week to sort of see where you're at that's how I like to keep my calories in versus my calories out in check so how should you exercise is a big thing that people want to know in terms of health fitness nutrition energy expenditure calories in versus calories out how should you exercise the research has shown that high intensity interval training is the best for quick weight loss and that is because when you are exercising at a really, really high intensity, you're moving your body into fat oxidation much faster than you would if you were doing something sort of low intensity. For example, a moderate to low intensity jog, you're not going to reach um, fat oxidization until you have exhausted everything else, which takes hours In in a very short layman's snippet summary. Um so exercising at really high intensities has shown to push you into the oxidation of fat, which is the burning of fat as fuel, much faster than low intensity or moderate intensity exercises. Um, there's also a lot of stuff going on about how how we should exercise. Should we be doing Um, just like activities of daily living should we be incorporating exercise into our daily practices and just making it something that is sort of mindless that we just do because it's who we are should we be doing strength-based training um, to improve bone health should we be doing like plyometrics should we be doing functional training swimming more cardio less cardio is running bad for you is running good for you all of this crazy things there's so much going on right now about how we should eat and how we should exercise and all of these things and I have a very very simple answer for you guys if you're wondering how should you exercise and you should exercise in a way that makes you feel good because that is going to increase your adherence to exercise it's going to make it more enjoyable and it's going to make it a lot more sustainable so if you're trying to lose weight and you are following an exercise program that you freaking hate eventually you're gonna fall off that bandwagon you're not going to be able to stick to it if you freaking hate it if you have heard that running is really good for weight loss but you freaking hate running you're not going to stick to it you might stick to it for a week hey you maybe even might stick to it for a month or two months but eventually if it's something that you aren't enjoying and it's not something that makes you feel good then don't do it if you have heard that you know like high reps Low weight is really good for uh, weight loss in terms of weightlifting. So you're just in the gym lifting, you know, five pound weights for 25 reps or 50 reps or whatever it may be and that is what you think is going to help you lose weight. But deep down, you really want to be doing 1RMs. You want to be lifting heavy. You want to be able to squat 100 kilos. You want to be able to deadlift 150 kilos. You're going to fall off. You're not going to stick to that program. So in terms of how should you exercise if you want to lose weight, if you want to gain weight, if you want to be healthy, do what makes you feel good. Reflect in on your body after a workout. Do a little bit of reflection when you're on your way back from the gym and focus on how you feel for me, I feel best when I do circuit style training. I love doing really high intensity circuits and I really love functional training. So I love doing battle ropes. I love doing kettlebell swings. I love doing ab workouts. I love doing high knees, box jumps, jumping over the bench. I love doing like skaters. I like using sort of less equipment and more functional training like med ball slams, deadlifts, cleans, snatches. I love to squat Um, but that's sort of what makes me feel best and because I enjoy that kind of physical activity and that kind of workout I'm more likely to do it. I'm more likely to adhere to a program like that which is going to improve my motivation, keep me on track and inevitably help me either lose weight or be healthy or whatever it may be. I don't weight loss to be the focus um, but because that is the process that I'm going through right now as I am I am trying to lose weight um, which I'll talk about more at the end of the podcast Um, but if that's your focus then find something that works for you and that's going to help you stick to it if you are just looking for you know general health and getting your 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per week find something that you love if you love rock climbing Use rock climbing as your physical activity. If you love running, use that as your physical activity. If you love spin, use that. If you love going for hikes, find different trails in the city or different trails near your home that you can go on with your dog or you can, you know, be a rover dog walker and take those dogs on walk. Find a type of physical activity that you love, that you are excited about, and that you enjoy doing, and that is going to help you stick to it and inevitably help your health and fitness goals. Number five is how should we eat? So we talked about BMR. We talked about our very ambiguous fitness trackers. And we talked about calories in versus calories out. And now you're probably left thinking, what the hell should I be eating if I want to, you know, get that 200 kilocalorie Um, caloric deficit, if I want to go into maintenance, if I want to go into weight gain, if I want to go into weight loss, what should I be eating? And I know it's hard. I know that there's all these people that are saying, oh, you shouldn't eat fruit afternoon or you shouldn't eat dinner after seven and you should only eat a protein and a veggie, or a protein and a carb, or you can only have fruit in the morning. There's all this crazy shit going on right now about what we should and shouldn't eat. You know, wheat has become demonized. It's just crazy. Like, and then there's people saying like, if you want to lose weight, then you need to Um, Eat only lean proteins like fish and turkey and chicken. Or there's other people saying if you want to lose weight or if you want to be healthy, then you need to be eating vegan or vegetarian or avoid soy products, avoid wheat products, avoid all this shit. And you know what, you guys? How should you eat? I have a very simple answer for you. You should eat in a way that makes you feel best. Exact same thing as exercise. Exercise. Eat in a way that makes you feel good, that makes you feel full, that makes you feel satiated, that you enjoy. Eat foods that you enjoy. And then we get into this sort of con, this other controversial topic of what if the foods that you enjoy eating and the foods that make you feel best are really unhealthy. And I just sort of would question that. And I would say, does eating pizza make you feel good? like when you eat a large pizza and you're telling me that that makes you feel good and that makes you feel like you have the most readily available form of energy does it though or is that just sort of like a cover-up of trying to not feel guilty about the foods that you are eating so It's very, very simple. Eat things that make you feel good. I feel best when I eat a lot of protein. So when I'm eating a lot of tofu steaks, chickpeas, beans, lentils, things like that. I also feel best when I eat a lot of foods that are green. I love broccoli. I love arugula. I love kale chips. I love peas in the pod. I, for some reason, I'm really drawn to green food. I just love food that's the color green. Um, I also love like sweet potatoes. I don't really feel good when I eat a lot of pasta. It makes me feel really bloated. It makes me feel really tired. Um, and it just makes me feel really sluggish. Um, but I do really like to eat things like rice and quinoa and different legumes and beans and things like that. Those make me feel feel pretty good. Sometimes too much beans makes me super gassy. Um, but that is just a topic for a different time because I can get so gassy. It's very common for vegetarians to feel that way. But yeah, eat in a way that makes you feel good. And if you aren't Really sure how you should be eating if you aren't sure if you are meeting your nutritional needs, if you're getting all the macros and micros that you might need, I would strongly encourage you to consult a nutritionist. I know if you don't have extended health coverage, then it can be a bit of a financial burden. However, you are investing in yourself, you are investing in your health, and there is nothing more important than that. So definitely consult a nutritionist if you are totally new to health and totally new to nutrition and want to know how you should be eating and want to know if you are getting all the vitamins that you need to be getting that can be something that would be really beneficial for you there's also all of these things talking about um, our blood sugar concentration and You know, getting spikes in blood sugar and lows and valleys and peaks and all this crap, and how, you know, you don't want to eat something of like super, super high sugar content because that's going to spike your sugar, or carbs are going to spike your blood sugar, or whatever it may be. And with that, I say consult a nutritionist because they are phenomenal in explaining what you should be eating throughout the day, what foods you should be eating together, like a carbon a protein should go together. Whereas other diets are like carbon a protein never that is like so bad, or some diets say like you should never ever eat dairy and fruit together. And I eat Greek yogurt with blueberries in it all the freaking time. Um, so definitely consult a nutritionist. I know a decent amount about nutrition but I also know that it's a very very touchy subject and a very controversial subject so eat what makes you feel best and I genuinely mean that eat what makes you feel good about yourself and if you are trying to go into a caloric deficit um to lose weight or if you are trying to go into a weight gain or whatever it may be eat the foods that make you feel good while you're doing that because that is going to be what is most sustainable if i am trying to lose weight and i am doing the keto Keto diet, which a lot of people do, and a lot of people have a lot of good luck with, but I am hating it. I hate not being able to have carbs. I hate eating such high fat content. I hate eating such high protein content. I'm not going to stick to it. It's not going to be sustainable for me. I need to eat something that is sustainable for me. And what is sustainable for me is the foods that make me feel best. Okay. Don't deprive yourself of foods because you will end up eating them anyways. I saw this really cool schematic that was like, okay, so you are craving chips and salsa. But instead, because you're craving chips and salsa, you eat cucumbers and hummus. But you're still craving chips and salsa. And because you're still craving chips and salsa, you try crackers and another different type of hummus. And then eventually, you're going to crack down, you're going to break down, and you're going to eat chips and salsa. So if you deprive yourself of the foods that you want, and you try and distract yourself by eating different foods, you're probably going to end up eating the foods that you want anyways, you're probably going to crack. So just eat the goddamn foods that you're craving. Don't deprive yourself of foods. And I know that the whole word of in moderation is very convoluted, but in my opinion, just pay attention to what your body's telling you. Like my, my stomach is grumbling right now because I haven't had breakfast yet. Um, but if my stomach at breakfast is telling me to eat two yogurt containers instead of one, I'm going to eat two yogurt containers instead of one. Cause if I eat only one, I'm going to go into starvation. And then later in the day, I'm going to eat more and I'm going to over consume. And then that's going to put me in that overconsumption, and my energy in versus energy out is going to be different than what I want it to be because I want less calories in, more calories out. So don't deprive yourself. You're going to end up eating anyways. Just eat the things that your body's telling you to eat. Eat what makes you feel best. Exercise um, the way that feels best for you because that's going to be most sustainable. If you want an idea of how many calories that you should be getting, there are pretty good um, trackers online, but take those with a grain of salt and recognize that they are a ballpark estimate. If you want to sort of know where you're at, I strongly recommend using My Fitness Pal if you don't have a history of disordered eating or eating disorders or obsessive compulsive disorder. If you are showing signs of those, definitely consult your general doctor or general family physician as soon as those signs become apparent to you. Um, and just sort of keep in mind that there are a lot of people capitalizing on our ignorance about health and about nutrition. And if you are wondering, if you are feeling overwhelmed, if you're wondering what you should be eating, how you should be eating, how much you should be eating, I wouldn't recommend going online. Um, I would recommend going and seeing a nutritionist, a naturopath, or your family physician because they are going to give you what is most current in the research about health, fitness, and nutrition and they're not trying to sell you a product which is the case with a lot of different things online. Lastly, I do want you guys to listen to this podcast and I don't want you guys to feel triggered after listening to this pos- this podcast that you need to lose weight um, because you don't. And every body is a summer body. Every body is a beautiful body. And I don't want anyone listening to this podcast and feeling like, oh, I better start calorie restricting. I better start losing weight. Um, and I guess I just sort of want to share like why I want to lose weight. And I want to lose weight because I currently do not feel healthy. I am continuously getting sick. If anyone is sick around me, I am going to pick it up. So I'm getting sick a lot of the time. I'm feeling really low energy. I'm feeling lack of motivation. Um, I do have fat deposits in places that I don't necessarily want and that are hindering my ability to run, to do like a lot of cardio. Um, I get out of breath easier than I would like to. I don't feel good about the body that I'm in, not from a appearance based, but from an internal feeling. I don't. Feel good, which is why I want to lose weight. And if I feel better and the the number on the scale hasn't changed, then that's fine. If I feel worse when the number on the scale has changed, then I'm going to change again and I'm going to figure it out. Um, but I don't want anyone leaving this podcast feeling triggered and feeling like they need to lose weight because we all have summer bodies, we all have beautiful bodies, we all have fat, we all have cellulite, we all have areas of our bodies that we may not like. We all want to feel better in a bikini and blah 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 blah, but all of that comes from an internal processes, internal mindset of accepting what you have and caring for it. I genuinely want to eat better because I care about my body. I care about my health I care about eating in a way that I know is going to prevent illness prevent disease prevent different um, lifestyle complications type 2 diabetes insulin resistance high cortisol levels things like that I want to exercise because I care about my body I want to be able to run around with my grandkids when I'm 70 years old I want to be able to go for a run and um run a half marathon run a full marathon with my kids one day i want to exercise um because i know that it's good for my brain for my mental health for my physical and cognitive capacities i want to exercise because i care about myself i want to eat well because i care about myself and not because i hate my body or not because i hate the way that i eat you know what i mean like i i really don't want you guys feeling triggered by this episode i want you guys to feel inspired to care for yourself show your body some love Um, if your body is calling for you to do some cardio some cardio and get that endorphin high um, then do it if your body is calling for you to do some one rms some strength-based training to make you feel like a bad bitch who can throw a lot of weight then do it If your body is calling for you to eat a shitload of protein, you just want to eat broccoli and rice and chicken, then do it. If your body's calling for you to eat chips and salsa, eat chips and salsa, okay? (laughs) Show your body some love um, and take care of your body because you love it and because you care about it and not because you hate it and because you want to change it, okay? And lastly, I briefly touched upon this in one of my Instagram stories, um, this past week, but the research has shown that the BMI, which is the body mass index that is associated with the lowest all cause mortality. So the lowest, um, mortality and morbidity is 27.0. So the BMI measure that is most healthful, if you will, is 27, which is actually considered by our current classifications and standards as overweight even though the research shows that it is the most healthful BMI for preventing illness, disease, and mortality. That's crazy. The other thing I briefly touched upon in my Instagram stories this past week is that looks do not equal health. So if you see someone who has a shredded six-pack, really nice arms, really shredded back, they might be healthy, they might not. If you see someone who has a like a large um, disposition of fat around their abdominal or maybe around their legs or in their butt or something like that. If you see someone who may be a wee bit heavier or have a wee bit more fat um, composition than the average person, they may be healthy. They can be metabolically healthy and they may not be healthy. You might see someone who is just your average body type who can be very, very healthy metabolically or very unhealthy metabolically. Our looks and our health are completely unassociated. So if I lose weight, I might be unhealthy. If I gain weight, I might be more healthy. If I lose weight, I might be healthier. If I gain weight, I might be healthier. It's very, very, very specific to our BMR, to our body's needs, to our body composition. It's very, very, very specific. So when you are seeing these fitness influencers who are absolutely ripped and you just think, holy fuck, they're so healthy. They might be experiencing amenorrhea. They might be an ovular. They might be having fertility issues. If you are Seeing someone who is, you know, maybe 150, 160 pounds, um, a little bit of love handles, a little bit of fat on the thighs, cellulite, fat on the arms, you might look at them and think like, oh wow, they are glowing, like they are so healthy, but they might not be healthy. They might have systemic inflammation. They might have um, left ventricular hypertrophy. There are a lot of things that can be going on internally that we can't just see with the naked eye. We can't see health with the naked eye. And the way that we look does not equal our health. So knowing that, focus more on how you feel. How do the foods make you feel? How does exercise make you feel? How does your body make you feel? Does your body feel good? Does your body feel tired? How do taking different vitamins make you feel? Just focus more on that. Focus more on feelings and reflecting it on yourself. This can be a level of presence. This can be a level of self-reflection, a level of meditation, a level of mindfulness, being more mindful about what you're eating, being more mindful about what you're doing, being more mindful about how you're feeling. And those will hopefully help you determine your health. Good luck. If you have any questions, please let me know. And thank you so much for joining me. I will talk to you guys in next week's episode. It's a beautiful life. Bye.